peeps and welcome to another edition of big trouble little podcast episode 97 i am joe dub i'm andy i'm zach and we are here with some dearly beloved that's i'm gonna keep on saying that a thousand times tonight dearly beloved we are gathered here to get today to get through this thing called life electric word life it means forever that's a mighty long, long time but i'm here to tell you there's something else the afterworld <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about Purple Rain later on, but before we get into that, guys, what the hell have you been watching or playing? And I'll start with Andy, like usual. Uh, yeah, that's a tradition. Um, uh, I sat around all day long and watched Disney Plus stuff with my girlfriend. We watched Moana and then Up and then Frozen and then Ratatouille. Just, you know, they're all still good. I'd seen them all before. Uh, she had never seen any of them all, so any of them at all so that was fun um started castlevania season three it's great um there's some i don't know some of the stuff with some of the characters at the very beginning i was having a hard time dealing with but i'm coming around on it and i watched some bob's burgers and simpsons and stuff and i resolved um i sometimes i'm like well, i didn't really watch anything i just watched a bunch of youtube there are shows on youtube like i don't know why i discount stuff that's on youtube because honestly it's like replacing television in a way i mean with streaming now it's not but i don't know i watched a bunch of how to drink it's an extremely good web series about making drinks sometimes he does classic stuff like martinis and and manhattan's old fashions whiskey sours but sometimes he does like themed drinks today's episode was actually about uh dune he made spice beer and spice coffee and then made a bunch of spice must flow the sleeper has awakened jokes and it was really awesome <laughs> yeah zach you'd you'd like it you should watch that episode and uh also i watched a bunch of stop skeletons from fighting the guy used to be happy video game nerd and now he does other stuff under this new name he's he's also great speaking of drinks we have noah no, no, noah bored and drunk he's part of the bored and drunk uh twitch in our chat he gave us some few beer emotes so welcome yes. We're going to be talking about Purple Rain, uh, but what we usually do before... If you haven't seen Purple Rain, spoiler, we spoil everything on Big Trouble. It's kind of like a, a movie club kind of thing where we all you know watch the movie and then we come back and we talk about it kind of thing. Um, Zach, what about you? What are you, what, what are you doing? What am I doing? Yeah, what do you, what do you watch? What do you play? Well, uh, let's see. I watched the... I watched a bunch of wrestling stuff, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, Sunday I watched a few specials that were on the WWE Network. One of them was the Ruthless Aggression episode about Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah? How'd that go? That was good. That was another one that was really worth watching. Um, then I also watched a special on FCW, uh, Florida Championship Wrestling. It was... WWE's developmental uh, before it turned into like what NXT is now, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I saw that they had Seth Rollins and like young Roman Reigns and shit. So that's cool. Yeah, a lot of the current crop of people, aside from who comes from NXT, came from there. Um, let's see. We watch, I watched this movie, obviously, mm. and uh, played. Still playing Doom when I can. I'm trying to beat it before this new one comes out. Got 10 days. Yeah, I think I'll be able to. So uh, I didn't even get your opinion on Doom 2016. I'm guessing you loved it. 
uh, based off of the music and gameplay? I mean, it was one of my top games of the decade when we did our thing. It is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that game. It's great. It's probably one of the best games I've I've played in a while and on that generation of consoles. It's, it's the best first-person shooter to come out in 15 to 20 years. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And hopefully Doom Eternal lives up to the 2016 Doom, which I think it will, but... You know, you know, gamers these days, they, they love one thing and then they hate the other thing the next day. So normally I'm like, oh, they better do something new. They got to do this. No, just more of the same. And I really think it would get by like there's a sword in it and there's new enemies. OK, that's fine. But just give me more fun doom. It just seems like it's doom, but more things. Sword, predator, cannon, a uh, bunch of other shit, <laughs> which is which is really good in the tradition of doom, because doom, Two was kind of that it's like. It added a little more up and downs, and it made the levels look a little better. But really, Doom 2 was more of Doom, and that's exactly what people wanted. Sweet. Now, what have I been doing? A whole lot of nothing, <laughs> pretty much. Um, I watched a bunch of streams about Dead Stranding because I want to see people's reaction to the end, like how I want to see Andy's reaction towards the end if he ever makes it. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot. I played video games, too. I played uh, some Death Stranding. I played Die Hard Arcade. I played some stuff at my party. Sorry, I did not mention that. I played video games, too. Nice. So you're getting closer, right? <laughs> uh, eh, eh, sort of. Milking, milking that uh, delivery system? Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean... It's, I'm going to have a lot of interesting things to say about Death Stranding because it's like I really, really like that game, but I, I don't know. I'll save it. I'll save it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, actually, I test streamed um, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, and funny thing is, because I have two microphones, I have a condenser mic and I have a headset mic, which I'm using right now, and I meant to do the headset mic, but it was hooked up to my condenser mic. So the, the whole time I was like, why is my sound sound like shit? I know how that feels. And lo and behold, because my face was uh, turned away from the microphone, so it sounded like I was far away all the time. And in reality, I was. <laughs> it's, like when, it's like when Andy bought that fancy mic and he's been talking through the camera mic for like a year. <laughs> it wasn't that long. It was a few weeks. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Uh yeah, and I also um watch Elimination Chamber, but you'll you'll get my opinion on that on Thursday because oh boy. I'm... Yeah, that too. Watch that too. Yeah. Alright guys, I think it's some time for some purple motherfucking rain. Um what I wanna get out of the way is the music fucking great. Prince Music is amazing. Uh, I wouldn't say Purple Rain is probably one of his greatest albums, but there are a couple of songs I, I dig, especially the first one. I always hear the first one on radio, and I always dig to it when I'm driving. Um, Another thing I want to get out of the way <laughs> is that, wow, uh, fucking Prince can't act for shit. Uh, I thought he did okay. There were some moments where he's like, Dad, stop hitting Mom! And he like got punched in the face. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. To me, it's like he's trying to stop his dad. I don't know. Like, what What do you want from him? <laughs> I, want pa see? I want passion. I don't want, like, Dad. There's I mean, a lot of just... people in this movie that couldn't act for shit. And that's a well shame. Well said. 
I pre- I preface this. Hey, don't expect like great acting from this movie. Yeah, no kidding. Because it was all about essentially when they were coming up with the idea for this, which is well, Prince came up with the idea first. He was trying to find somebody to help him make it kind of. Uh, they wanted to do a thing where it was like all the musicians could be in the movie and be a part of it. Otherwise, it would feel like fake and stuff. So his is his band in the movie actually the Revolution? Yes, everybody in that band is the Revolution. Everybody in Morris Day's band, the time is the time. I did not think that that was the case. Well, it is. Hmm, that's kind of cool. Um, Morris Day is funny as fuck. I just want to put that out there. Morris Day and Jerome Benton, his his, his buddy throughout all that stuff is like awesome. They're they're fucking funny. And by the way, I didn't know that. Uh, the guy who plays Morris Day was in Clerks too. I didn't know Morris Day was in Clerks too, but I guess I could buy it because uh, uh, Kevin Smith's like a huge Prince fan, and originally he was going to do like a documentary about Prince or something, and it, like eventually he just said Prince told him, no, we're done, with mm-hmm. no explanation, and it was just over. Sounds like something Prince would do in the later days. Yeah, he was like that. But I guess he probably got to know Morris Day at some point and was like, hey, man, you want to be in my movie? And he's like, yeah, brother, let's do it. Mm. Um, what, I, I, what I guess I digged and that's also kind of respected because I was like, oh, this is going to be like a, you know, kissing butt of, you know, Prince is like this perfect, you know, guy doing musician. And <laughs> there he is like fucking slapping up that uh, that one girl he liked because how his father, you know, raise the family and you know getting beaten up and shit so father like son kind of thing i guess part of it is he's dealing with his um his temper or whatever Mm -hmm. his the way i took this was you have a guy who is really talented but socially he's really awkward and withdrawn because he grew up in a broken home hey here's an important question how old is he supposed to be in this movie i i want to say like 19 or 20 Okay, because he does not look like it. And it, it gets really confusing because people always call him kid and he's living with his parents and stuff. But, he, you know, he's not that old, so it, it gets confusing. Like, maybe he should have shaved or something just to make himself look younger. But I mean, I don't know. I had facial hair when I was in middle school. Especially, <laughs> especially when, like, the, his girlfriend was like, yeah, the kid's pretty good. And, and I'm like, wait a second, how old is she? I mean, they call him the kid because that's the name of his character. They just call it his. He's the kid. He's not Prince. I guess. I mean, they, they that's, that's that's what it is. Like, <laughs> uh, Netflix describes this movie as semi autobiographical. Do you know what to what to what degree it is autobiographical? Um, I think it. That's always come up as semi-autobiographical, but the way I would say is say it is that uh, Prince is playing a character that is kind of based on himself. Everything else is just a movie. So that stuff didn't happen with his parents or whatever. No, uh, from what I could gather, no, nah, his family was average. It was just he they grew up poor and stuff. Did he grow up in Minneapolis? Yeah, somewhere outside of it or whatever. You know what how a, that goes. What a, what a weird choice for a movie, but that makes sense if that's where he's actually from. I like that. Any movie that doesn't take place in New York, Chicago, or L.A., good job. Good job, that movie. Yeah, that movie is pretty much shot there, and that, that club, the First Avenue, is an actual club there uh, where they play. And it's still there to this day. 
largely unchanged from what I can tell. Oh. Um, now, I, I, I got to ask this question. When his dad, like, tried to kill himself, is he still alive? Because they show him on a bed with, like, a bandage on his head. I wondered that, too. Yes, he survived the suicide attempt. Man, and he couldn't make uh, it. He couldn't make it in the music business, and he couldn't kill himself. That's <laughs> sorry. <laughs> a, a lot of people don't know this, but there are a surprising amount of people who survive gunshots to like self-inflicted gunshots to the head because they always they always I'm using a camera, which of course our listeners can't see. I'm sorry, but they always like do the wrong angle, and if you don't like get the big chunky meaty part of your brain. You can you can survive. It's it's weird. I I don't know. I read something about it one time. Mm-hmm. I was just... I, it was actually uh the, the, it the, one of the characters in Preacher, the comic book series, kind of deals with that, and that's what made me. Oh, does this really happen? So I read about. It. Yeah, sorry. I was just making a fucking dark joke. So Zach, no. you you can continue. <laughs> uh, well, I was gonna say real quick. Originally in the script, uh, he was supposed to die, but they decided to change it like at the last minute. Like, no, he'll survive. Why? I guess just so the movie would feel like such a damn downer. Still kind of is a downer. Like, I really like, um, there's, there's a lot of plot threads that kind of come together. And at first I was like, eh, whatever. But I like the fact that it turns out that Purple, well, in the context of the movie, Purple Rain was written by the two women in the band that kept trying to get him to play their stuff. And he's being a dick about it. And it's like emotional because of what happened to his dad and stuff. It's it's nice that these these things come together like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, before the the song "Purple Rain" is okay, but I didn't care for it too much. But I really really enjoyed it in the movie because of the context. Yeah, it enhances it. Mm-hmm. I think the whole movie kind of enhances the soundtrack. Yeah, it does for sure. Like I already kind of liked "I Would Die for You." And there's another song on this album I like. I think it's Let's Go Crazy. I don't, I'm holding my copy of the album, so I'm cheating, but I can't remember. I hate the song When Doves Cry, though. I'm gonna what? Just, you hate that song? I hate that song. I hate it so much. Why? I don't know. It's just so, it's so like, I don't know. It's bam, like bam, sappy, bam. melancholy, shitty, lame, manipulative. I, I just don't like it. Those are all the things that describe you. <laughs> sappy? melancholy <laughs> shitty etc <laughs> okay no um what's funny about that song though is the director albert uh magnoli or whatever told prince i think hey we need a song for like this this series of scenes here hmm. can you come up with one real quick because of course they were developing the soundtrack together yeah he was like okay so like that that night he went home and made that track and gave him the tape for it the next morning Jeez. I mean, fucking god <laughs> i mean let's let's face it the guy was like a genius when it came to songwriting yeah um track four computer blue was that in the movie i can't remember what that song sounds like at all yeah that was like after they had their fight you know and he slaps her when she's <laughs> like i'm gonna join morris's group and he's just like no fuck you slaps the shit out of her like, you don't know what morris is about well you could have just like told her that he's like an asshole yeah i mean i don't know but yeah, that that's what they were playing in the club after that scene. I can't remember what it sounds like. The other ones I you I mostly remember though. It's got like Wendy, yes, Lisa. Is the water warm enough? Yes, Lisa. Do, 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 you know? And it goes right into guitar. Mm. You know, I'm, what... gonna, I'm gonna say I remember it so we can move on, but I, I see I, I still can't all the other ones I can remember distinctly. That's really weird. Okay. I, love, I love his motorcycle. 
Yeah. Um, I think I don't know. I think that motorcycle's like in a museum somewhere or something. Probably. <laughs> um, well, there were certain scenes that I felt like it didn't connect really well with me. Um, what, especially the part where Morrison and the other chick—I forget her name—the one with the big tits. That you, the tits that you do see. Um, Apollonia. She has a really uh, weird name. I'm surprised you'd forget it. Yeah, yeah even I remember. Well, of course, I watched it not that long ago. Mm-hmm. But um, they're walking to the car, and like Morrison's like wiggling his dick and be like, yeah, I got the back seat. And then all of a sudden, like the uh, prince comes out of nowhere with his motorcycle. I, I felt like they directed it a little wrong because I. Because she was happy with Morrison because they did their, you know, gig and everything was good. I didn't understand why Prince tried to steal her. I'm with you. Like, I was confused about whether or not he's supposed to be saving her or whether or not he's being, like, vengeful Mm -hmm. or just jealous or what's going on. Because even in the next scene, it's kind of confusing because it's like they're kind of getting close and then she gets angry at him and hits him anyway. So mm. I don't know what's going on, but I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of rolled with it, I guess, in the context of the movie. It's like, well, it's, this is a confusing relationship, just like every relationship that's ever existed, I guess. <laughs> it kind of had like a WWF writing a little bit, like when Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Watson got run over by Rikishi. Like, that's how I felt Prince was doing with, like, either Morrison or uh, Apollonian, whatever her fucking name is. Uh, Apollonian. That's right. But you said Morris Day wrong. You called him Morrison. <laughs> I'm thinking about fucking, uh, you know, John Morrison, brother. Slow-mo. Hey, uh, was her band real? Jack? Uh, yeah, it was a real band. Did it? Did anything happen after the movie? They made an album and then uh, it kind of dissolved because yeah. I don't think it was that commercially successful. I it, one of the things that pissed me off. Sorry, Dubs, but one of the things that pissed me off, movie wise, story wise, was there's like a build. Oh, she's got her own band. They're gonna take the revolution spot at the club, and at the end, it's kind of implied that they played an awesome show. Yeah, they'll keep their spot. What happened to her band? Did they? Did they continue being successful? Did they play? Did they take maybe the time spot? Did they do something else? What happened? I don't know. Yeah, and that's another disconnect as well. I I think this was probably edited like heavily because um, after Prince's dad gets you know tries to kill himself and fails, and um, he does. Hey, real quick, I gotta go. I'll be back. Okay. And then uh, we call it. He you know, does the final song and then like he's, you would think there would be a big moment of him and Apollonian like kissing and making up. She cries, moves on and then like there's a montage and she's like there with him. You get it sort of because they play Purple Rain and after that he like leaves the stage and takes off his jacket and goes out to where his motorcycle is and it's all emotional and then he's going back and everyone's like applauding him and like oh good job and she's there and i think that is the moment you're getting i think that is them kind of wordlessly reconciling i don't know if they're like together or what's going on Mm. again this movie would have benefited a lot from like a little more at the end i want to know like 
you know, does his dad wake up? Does he get together with Apollonia again? What happens with her band? Does the revolution keep its spot at First Avenue? There's a lot of stuff I can figure out and imply, but I don't know. I kind of, I hate to sound like a, a dumb, dumb movie viewer, but I kind of want it force fed to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just tell me. <laughs> and I, I think there was like an imbalance a little bit because the, the, the runtime was an hour and 51 minutes, which I think was way too long for that of a movie. And I feel like they wanted to tell a story, but they also wanted to show off Prince music a lot. Like, yeah, there were times where I was just like, I mean, that's that's what it is, though. It's a it's a musical. It's a, a vehicle for Prince's music. That's that's the point of the movie. So, I mean, what do you expect? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I, and I get that. But at times I was just like, oh, you know, Prince is, you know, on the floor screaming and going, ah, whatever he does as a prince and all that. And I, I kind of get what you're saying. Like, if you, if I want to watch a concert video, I'll just watch a concert video. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's Prince is a movie. It's a movie about Prince. Prince is a famous rock musician. Like, this is what you signed up for. Mm hmm. It's just like, I mean, th- that's what we're doing. You know, anyone joining us late, we watch three musicals. This is the third one. I, the other ones did the same thing. It, there's a story and there's a song. Story, song, song, story, song. But they all had complete stories, in my opinion. I think the imbalance is what threw me off a little bit. I dig the music. I, you know, Prince is Prince, man. It's fucking, it, uh, you know, when even though you hate the song, when the crubs uh, die, when the doves cry. And fucking the the first song I, I I really liked, and also hearing the other band's music, which I also dig the the beat to the women's band, but I hated the vocals. But I loved uh, Morris and uh, Morris Day's uh, band with his beat. The time, Andy. Yeah. What did you What did you think of the time? Uh, like they're they're performing Prince's songs, aren't they? Right. Yeah. Uh. That's weird, but he kind of like propped them up and used them as a vehicle just so he could produce more music. Is it just so he didn't have to do perform do himself? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, those, those I, are all his friends and everything. I liked it, but during the movie, I kept having the thought like, this is a Prince song. So it's another band. I kind of wish they'd have just got another band and they would have like slipped that band's songs in. Like, it just seems weird that this club and it kind of makes sense because that's the taste of the people who are going there but it seems weird it you basically just have prince and the revolution on stage twice in a way because they sound extremely similar even like de- right down to instrumentation and tuning because that's what prince wrote the song for that makes sense i kind of wish it had been like prince and the revolution and then like huey lewis and the news comes out or some stupid <laughs> shit like that but that being said, uh, the time was a really good band, and I enjoyed seeing them. It's just, you know, thematically speaking, why are these bands almost the same? Yeah, it's Minneapolis Sound, brother. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, that makes sense. Like I said, the people who are going there—that's the kind of music they like. So it makes sense that they would hire two bands that sound samey, and the two would probably like copy and play off of each other. And oh, we're gonna do choreographed shit on stage, and we'll dance, and oh my god, the. Uh... Every time the times went on, on stage and they always cut to that shot with a balcony where they, you know, do that dance. Where the guys are up there dancing. <laughs> yeah. I fucking laugh every time. I love it. Yeah, I, I laugh too. It's like, oh, that's awesome. I like these guys. <laughs> yeah. It's like no one can see them, but they're doing they're doing choreographed dances. It's weird. <laughs> 
and it, there was like small storylines in there as well. Uh, like the father didn't make it, and like the club owner and everybody in town knew it. And that's another thing I also want to bring up: the ending. Is it just the word got around about his father? Is that why everybody was looking like they're about to cry, or were they into the song? They did know because um, what's uh, what's his face comes back and like looks in and is like, "How's your family?" <laughs> it's like, what a fucking asshole! Jesus Christ! And yeah, he was, he was like being a huge dick, but I think he felt sorry. Like immediately, he regretted it after he did it. Yeah, because you you see him in the audience afterwards enjoying Prince's music. I think. Mm-hmm. That and he took that that pause in the hallway. He let everybody else walk ahead of him. He just kind of leaned up against the hall the wall, and he was like, "Damn, <laughs> maybe that was a bit rough." <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like you know cancel culture a little bit. We were like, "Damn, should I should I have said that <laughs> before Twitter?" Uh, that that's how I felt uh, with that scene as well. I was like, "Oh, he's he was kind of bad about that." I'm saying that. Um, I don't know. I guess final thoughts from you guys. Andy? Zach, you go first. This is, is Zach. This is your movie. You need to be. You steer us a little more. You steer us back because I feel like there's more to talk about, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. I got a bunch of little notes here. Just stuff. Yeah. Um, right. I, I uh usually whenever we're doing this, I try to <coughs> research the movie a little bit, but I was kind of like, eh, Zach's got this one. Like I just assume you know a lot about this movie anyway. Some of this is just little trivia bits, but like uh some of it has to do more specifically with the movie too. Like, uh, I guess the director, when he told Rolling Stone back then, I think before the movie was going to come out that like when they originally presented this project to Warner brothers, they were like, well, great. Can we get John Travolta to play Prince? (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) No. Like seriously, that was their specific example. Yeah, they fought over that for a long time. Probably because like, of Greece, right? Since it, yeah, that's what I was going to say, because of Greece, but they're going to whitewash his badness? That's ridiculous. That That's kind of fucked, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's 100% fucked. <laughs> but like, I, I guess it was just because they thought, well, he's not an actor. They're not actors. and They were very much back in that whole, well, we want the artists to be in the movie. Like, I guess it was like to show respect and, you know, have them be in it. And it be real, I suppose. Yeah, um, I, I, I respect that. I respect what they wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Prince had a nightmare that Siskel and Ebert hated his movie uh, before it came out, and it turned out they liked it, so it was it was cool. Yay! <laughs> uh, what else do I got here? The title track, "Purple Rain," he wrote originally, like I guess a year or two before they started even making this movie. And he wanted to give it to Stevie Nicks. Oh, okay. And originally, it, it sounded more like a country song, but she she declined it. She said huh. it was too intimidating because it was ten minutes long. What a bitch! <laughs> you could trim it down. Yeah, eventually he just turned it into what it became. Yeah, I suppose. But um, I didn't know that until I actually searched for it before we came on here. Hmm. That's um, interesting. What else? Uh, Morris Day was high most of the time during this the filming of this movie. That See, checks out. Yep. How about that part where they they're like him and Jerome are walking around the street just talking, and then that woman comes up. It's like Morris Ball Ball starts yelling at him. He's like Jerome. I love that scene. <laughs> he throws her in the dumpster. Yeah. He fucking scoop slams her into the dumpster. 
<coughs> oh my god, it's fantastic. I, oh, I want to bring up that lady, by the way. She is credited in the movie as Beautiful Babe. Nice. I mean, I guess I, I mean, I don't know. I, she seemed all right to me. She was just pissed. <laughs> well, no, th- there's many names in here, like uh, Stagehand, Cop in Basement. Just, you know, and then obviously you're right. Prince was the kid. That was his name. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Morris was kind of a player in that movie. I, I kind of, after I watched this again, like, I was like, man, I kind of wish Jerome and Morris had a movie. I don't know. I feel like they could just carry it because they just they they have chemistry. They could be funny. They they had some chemistry, but I I kind of thought the two of them were some of the lamer actors in the movie. But they had like a weird like shitty daytime TV chemistry, so it was still fun. I rolled my eyes so hard it hurt at the scene where they're talking about a password and the password's going to be what, and they do that stupid Abbott the password's Costello. what. They yeah. did stupid Abbott and Costello who's on first routine. Oh my God. Get the fuck out of here. That made me laugh. I guess you're just too hoity for it. I laughed a little, but I was like, Oh my God, are they really fucking doing this? Uh, I, I thought it was weird that Prince has a audio track of a girl crying and he did it backwards and makes it sound like she's moaning. That, that totally was, sounds like something he would do. That was ultra creepy. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a little creep to him. Mm. Um, I also found out that apparently eight months before he died, he bought the house that was in the movie. That was the kid's house. That's cool. And his estate owns it. And now you can just kind of like take a tour of it. If you're up there and you want to see it. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. I don't really have any other notes. Uh, I really want, I never, I think I saw this movie originally like a really long time ago on TV or something. And back then, I was not really into Prince. I was just bored, and I was watching a movie on TV. But after he died a few years ago, I was like, I really want to see this movie again now that I actually like him. And I, I, I liked it. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of playing to my bias. So, um, Yeah. So I guess final thoughts, I guess. Um, I'll go for oh. it. Okay, you go. I just wanted to say one more thing. Um, the, the movie was like... A, I couldn't decide if I was supposed to hate or be semi-sympathetic to the father, but I really like that scene where his mother's on the curb and he's pissed off and he comes in like, where are you motherfucker? Where are you motherfucker? And he like finds him playing piano. I like that scene a lot. And I wish I, the movie had more of that. Like that, that was in my opinion, one of the really high points of that movie. Never get married. Yeah. yeah. Fucking yeah, like, damn. Do you think you'll get married? Well, I don't know. Never get married. By the way, uh And it's like it's like kind of funny, but at the same time it's kind of sad, but at the same time it's like it's kind of funny and I I don't know. I like that. That actor was close. uh his name is Clarence Williams the 3rd, and he was actually in some pretty dis- de- decent films. He was in The General Daughters with uh, John Travolta, uh surprise since we talked about him. And uh, reindeer games with Ben Affleck, and he was he was also in Half Baked, so like <laughs> he, he he was in pretty good movies after uh, all this, and he, I did I think he did a couple of TV shows here and there. Right. But uh, my fun, I'll go first. My final thoughts is I I love the music because it's Prince. Uh, I thought the scenes fell off a little bit, but I, I knew where they were going. Um, and. <laughs> Uh, Morris Day is fucking funny. I I think he's the highlight of the movie, and 
I also like the other band's uh, music as well. Andy, what about you? Um, you know, this movie kind of had its intended effect on me, and I acknowledge that. Uh, there were some low points. There was some stuff I didn't love. The acting is bad. But now that I know why, I'm kind of I kind of like forgive the movie for that. Um, music's great, but by it had its intended effect. What I mean is. I watched this movie. I enjoyed I Would Die For You, Let's Get Crazy, um, uh, Beautiful Ones. The songs I like on this album, but this is not even close to my favorite Prince album. So as soon as I finished the movie, I went and listened to Dirty Mind and Controversy, the albums I like. So it like totally got in my brain. and was like, oh, you need to listen to Prince. Go listen to Prince. And then I did. Uh, that being said, though, uh, I'm glad I saw it. It's a good movie. It's an interesting story. And it kind of left me, like we were discussing, it left me wanting more. I wanted more at the ending. I wanted to know what happened to Apollonia and her band. I wanted to know what happened to his father. I wanted to see more interaction between him and Morris Day. I wanted to know what happened with the extra spot at the First Avenue. And that is simultaneously its strength and its failing in my eyes. Like, uh, I was intrigued by the movie and I enjoyed it. But if it had more, had more to it, I would have liked it better. Zach, what about you? <clears throat> uh, I really like this movie for what it is, which is a Prince vehicle for his music and just kind of a little musical-ish story. It, it does it for me. Um, I, don't know, I just had a lot of fun watching this one again. I didn't really feel the length of it or anything. Um, I noticed a few more things this time around. Like, uh, I don't, I, I caught a lot more people in the movie that were somebody that was connected to him at some point. Huh. Now that I know more of his backstory and everything, like the guy who's the club owner is one of his friends in real life and he's not an actor. He's just in the movie. Huh. And, um, uh, that guy, there's like a, a scene where somebody else is playing music in that club. Uh, that guy is Des Dickerson. That was his original guitarist, and he kind of splintered off and made his own band. Hmm. That's cool to know that they were still buds. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to say there are two other Prince movies. Uh, one is Under the Cherry Moon, and the other one is Graffiti Bridge. Graffiti Bridge is kind of a sequel to Purple Rain. I always kind of wanted to see it more. Now maybe I will. Like, I've is heard uh, the reviews for those two are not as forgiving. Hmm. They're worse. There, There is something worth saying about Purple Rain that I didn't get to work in, but now I get to do it. Um, as far as a vehicle for a rock musician goes, like here's this this album worth of music and also a story, Purple Rain is probably the best one I've ever seen. And I've seen a fair amount. I've seen a bunch of Frank Zappa's films and a, a few other miscellaneous ones here and there, and they all kind of suck. Like the writing is always super shitty, and, and Zappa did the same thing, whereas like the band is in the movie, and they all fucking are awful. <laughs> like 200 motels is a famous example of that it's an interesting movie and it's worth watching because the music kicks ass but man it's like it's such a nothing fart in the wind plot it's just huh. an excuse to go to the theater and basically see a bunch of frank zappa music at that point just watch a concert video but 
And I was kind of scared Purple Rain was going to be kind of like that. But Purple Rain was intriguing and interesting. And it's probably the best example of that I've seen. It's the best bridge between something like 200 motels and something like uh, Singing in the Rain, I guess. Like, yeah. like legit, like, story musical. Yeah, they, they tried to have a story and tried to make a movie. They, um, they did a better job than most people do. Yeah. I haven't seen the other two movies yet. I, I'm probably going to just because I'm such a huge fan. I feel like I have to. Yeah, for sure. And I've listened to the their albums that are directly connected to those movies. Uh, one is, uh, I think it's, I think it's just called Kiss. That's the one for Under Cherry Moon. And then the other one is just Graffiti Bridge. Yeah, which is kind of why I wanted to watch it because I don't hate that album. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Also. This guy directed Sign of the Times, which is like a concert uh, movie for that tour at that time. He was never credited for it, though. God damn it. (laughs) All right. So I'm guessing we all recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, if you don't like Prince music, I don't. But if you do, I do. Kind of makes sense. You don't like Prince music? Fuck you. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, that, that that's really a you problem, and you got to work on that. But I like oh. Justin Bieber. Well, you like shit. <laughs> All right, now it's time for some rankings. So, um, rankings, rankings. We're gonna do our personal and then that master list. So, Andy, me and you have the same ranking. So I'm gonna let you uh, unveil our, both of our rankings at the same time. Yeah. Um. I put Singing in the Rain at number one, hard to beat. It's one of the best musicals of all time. And then I did struggle with this a little bit, but it's just the story held water a lot better. And if you like discount the music, it's just better. I put La La Land at number two and Purple Rain at number three. Purple Rain's not a bad movie. It's just, I think I enjoyed La La Land a little bit more. Yeah, and I'm in the same boat with you. I, Purple Rain was good. Uh, th- there was some story connections that really... Um, annoyed me a little bit that made me put purple rain at number three and i just thought ryan gosling did a great job uh the jazz music helped get it over purple rain for me i just i like jazz i like prince too though so all right zach you are the different one so give us your ranking yeah i I deviated uh singing the ring went to the top because it's just a, a really good musical movie i said before it's the best one i've ever seen I haven't seen Sound of Music in a long time, so I can't say I can't. I haven't. I can't compare it. I think it's better, but that's my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Purple Rain is number two for me. A lot of that has to do with me personally. I have a lot of like weird, somewhat nostalgia ish. It's weird to say it's nostalgia because I didn't see it a really, really super long time ago, but. It's like I get to, you know, I get to visit him and I get to like, you know, this, this cool movie has like a weird eighties atmosphere and stuff. And I, that appeals to me personally more. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's why it's a personal list. Like, <clears throat> I, I mean, I get it. I get that. We, we all have movies like that, but that still leaves us to where we're going to put the big trouble in little podcast official list. Um, yeah. We both have La La Land at number two. I don't know if you want to concede the point that it's a better made movie and much better acted no offense to purple rain or no it to... is okay. it is uh, it's to just to me personally it didn't like i thought yeah that was pretty good you know it surprised me because at first i thought it was going to be like really 
how can I word this? It's like whenever I hear something's going to be a musical, I'm like, oh, here we go. You yeah, know? I think I think everyone does that, including including me. Even all these musicals later, I'm still always like, oh, it's a musical. <laughs> and like the the intro to that movie did not do that feeling any favors. I really didn't like the intro to that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that intro is there for people who go, oh yeah, a musical. So and then, got, and then oh, the rest of the movie is for everyone, but. <laughs> But, but so so you're okay with La La Land at number two, Purple Rain at number three? Yeah, if somebody wanted to tell me that was a better movie, it's like, yeah, I can't really argue against that. It just is. I'm, I'm objective about things. This was an easy one. That's that's two easy ones in a row, I think. Yes, because uh, the Gina Davis one was pretty easy. I think we all agreed on. Yep. All right. So that means it's time to spin the wheel. So we are three episodes away until we hit 100. Uh I will make this disclaimer uh, right off the bat. If it does land on one of the spinner of a TV show, I'm going to spin again because TV shows, I don't think they're, unless it's a mini series that has three episodes in a series. I don't. I certainly can't think of anything like that. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to do unless it's an anthology show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this time we are going to spin the wheel. I'm going to start right now. Spin, 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 spinning the wheel. Where does it land? Hopefully something good. That didn't rhyme, so let's hopefully... Current movie of the year Oscar nominees. What? There's not always going to be Oscar nominees. Yeah, so I'm going to spin again. Let's do okay, it. Okay, good. You say, isn't it too early to tell? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a push. Spin, 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 spin the wheel. Where's the land? Hopefully Golden something Golden good. Nominees. God damn it. <laughs> Best foreign movie. Yeah! Now we're in my territory. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Since we're in Andy's territory, he's going to pick the first movie. Ooh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, there's so many opportunities. <laughs> Possibilities. Ah! I'm putting him on the spot. Name name three that are in your mind right now. Well, Seventh Samurai immediately was in my mind, but that's a really long movie. I'm good. But, fuck. But at the same time, I feel like man, its reputation really precedes it. If you guys haven't heard about Seventh Samurai, then go fuck yourselves. Because I mean, it's kind of like the quintessential foreign movie. Um, other than that, uh. Uh, I almost want to say Seventh Seal because Max von Sydow died recently, but I know Zach has already seen that, and I really like exposing you guys to new stuff. Um, I don't know, maybe like a Federico Fellini movie, maybe something else from Bergman. Oh uh, man, I really like Japanese movies. We could watch Tokyo Drifter; that would kick ass. Um, oh my god, because we already watched an Akira Kurosawa movie on this show. It was a long time ago, but we watched Kagemusha. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. Four hundred blows is good. Bicycle thieves. I'm thinking out loud just because I don't want to have dead air. But uh, wait, do you have any thoughts? I mean, here, here's some food for thought. There's a lot of movies that are foreign that you don't really think about. This could include something like anime. Um, I think a lot of people's first foreign movie, including my own, was Milo and Otis. Did you know that Milo and Otis was a foreign movie? No. Yeah. I did. I was going to ask, what are the criteria here exactly? What exactly constitutes a foreign movie? Like, for example, if this is a 
British movie? Is it foreign or not? If it's made, uh, I, I don't know if Andy wants to do, uh, do this, but if it's made in a different country, not America, and it's, uh, I guess, started in, uh, you know, I don't know. Andy, you come up with the, 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 the fucking stipulations. All right. Let's, let's not put rules on it, but try to do as, <coughs> excuse me, as foreign as possible. Um, more food for thought. Technically, the good, the bad, and the ugly and all the other spaghetti westerns are foreign films because they are Italian films. That's what I was thinking about, too, was those. But they are, like uh, Clint Eastwood, uh, uh, Lee Van Cleef, what's that guy's name? Eli something. They're all Americans. Um, there's a lot of Americans involved in the production. So, like, just in the spirit of what we're doing, I think we should try try to make it as foreign as possible. Like, you don't have to, if you're like, oh, I want to watch Snatch, fuck you. Technically, it's a foreign movie, it's a British movie. But, I mean, there's there's so many good opportunities. There's uh, Like, there's a lot of good Korean stuff. Parasite, of course, comes to mind. But then also, like, Old Boy. Did, did we watch Old Boy? I feel like we did. Yeah, we did. We did watch Old Boy, never lie. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, Old Boy is a kick-ass movie. Like, that would be that would be a really easy one to watch. Um, so, uh, again, like, there's the anime stuff. Uh, there's there's a few famous, like, fun French movies and stuff like that, some German stuff. We could watch M. Ooh, M would be really good. French movies are fun? So there's some. Um, uh, Rififi, Le Samurai, stuff like that. Like, like cool gangster fucking stuff like that. I have one. Okay. What are you thinking about? Uh, in the Mood for Love. It seems like it is a Japanese. It's Chinese. No, it's either uh, Chinese or Hong Kong. Hong I've seen Hong it Kong. twice and I own it. Hong Kong. So that's going to be my movie, even though you watch it already. But that's going to be number two. I still want you to be number one. God damn it. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll let you guys choose. Um, I have two choices in my mind. I'm trying to decide on a third. Um, well, I obviously am not going to be able to pick right now. This is another have, one that's like a huge blind spot for me. Do you have any thoughts? Like, I mean, again, it could include something like a Gundam movie or or a, a, a Kung Fu movie. We could watch like 36 Chambers of Shaolin. That would count. This is honestly like as far as uh, stuff on the wheel goes. This is probably the largest reaching one. Yeah, Zach. If you have any anime movies and shit, that's technically foreign, I guess. And there's always yeah. Seven Seal. I mean, like I was saying, it would be it would be good. I know you've seen it, but man, it's <coughs> such an interesting movie. It is. I, I'll just have to think about it. I, I can't really come up with something. Nothing pops to my mind. Like. I thought on the musical one, I was like, oh, I was going to be fucked. And I immediately had one that came to mind, then like another one later. And I was like, oh. Yeah, it, it's kind of better to have more time to really contemplate it. But here I am on the spot. So um, do you guys want to watch um, Seven Samurai or M? I'll, I'll describe what M is if you need me to. Or, oh, my God. I need one more. I can't think of anything. Wages of Fear. Wages of Fear is my last one. Um, Seven Samurai, again, its reputation precedes it. A bunch of um, peasants are being raided by bandits, and they decide, well, we'll hire some samurai to come protect us. And they go into town, and they find some guys, uh, six of them, not seven, at first, and they come back and help defend them against bandits. The movie's really long, but it's got, like, 
excellent action scenes and it's really fun and well acted well directed it's Kira Kurosawa for crying out loud or there's M a movie made in Germany in 1931 like at the beginning of like our government sucks the Nazi party's a thing that kind of thing um there's a guy going around it, there's a child murderer and the cops want to catch him so they're like raiding nightclubs and uh, uh villainous hangouts and stuff and criminals are having a hard time getting their job like being criminals because the cops are looking for this murderer like people like safe crackers burglars and stuff like that so um pris uh not prisoners criminals decide that they're going to try to catch the child murderer also and it's kind of about them finding and tracking him and it's an extremely famous movie and it also um famously kind of snuck by just before uh, Nazis started cracking down on this kind of film. Fritz Lang, the director of it, famously fled Nazi Germany because the Nazis hated him. Um, and then, uh, what was the third one I said? Uh, Wages of Fear. Wages of Fear is about, it's, I think it takes place in South America. It's two French guys, an Italian guy. So there's like a multinational town and there's an oil well and a fire starts at the oil well in order to blow the fire out they need tnt or make, no it's nitroglycerin and so they load two trucks with nitroglycerin and they pay these guys like a small fortune to drive these trucks of nitroglycerin through the mountains like the unpaved shitty ass mountain roads of south america to get to the oil thing and it's about like their relationships with each other and like there's two guys in each truck and um, it's an incredibly dangerous job because nitroglycerin explodes if it's jostled too hard. And they're driving like these big ass diesel trucks through the mountains. So it is extremely tense. But uh, all three of these movies are absolute classics. But I'm going to leave it up to you guys what you want to watch. I'm going with Wages of Fear. What about you, Zach? I kind of wanted to see M more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that. Let's go M. Okay. Yeah. We'll do M. M. M is interesting. I think more people have seen M. Like, not just in my circle of friends, but I think overall. So I think it'll be a more interesting topic for an episode. It'll bring more people in. M, a German movie from 1931, directed by Fritz Lang. We will watch next for next week. All right. Remember to watch that and then come back here and then we'll talk about it. But before we end this podcast, we do have some news that matter to us. So Andy, again, you were the one who brought some news to us. Yeah, I almost never do, but um, I kind of already mentioned this one just because I wanted to t mention Seventh Seal, but Max von Sydow died, which really sucks. I mean, he was 90, he led a full life, but he was such a good actor, and it's really a shame. Um, I mean, his range was from, like, he's the knight who plays chess against death in the Seventh Seal, and then also he was the bad guy in Strange Brew, who wanted to use beer to mind control people. It, it's just like, it, he, <laughs> he, have you guys ever seen strange brew? Just, yeah, I, yeah, I, was, I, I fucking love that movie. It's so great. But I mean, Max von Sydow's the bad guy, this guy who worked with Bergman in his youth. Like uh, he's, he's great. He was totally 110,000% underused when they actually got to get him in star Wars. Yeah, um, I always think about that. Yeah, that goddamn it, that's so frustrating. But uh, it, it's just, and he was acting like right up until the end. He was he was ninety, and he was still like 
working in film and stuff what what a trooper what an awesome guy what an excellent actor like honestly he's probably one of the best actors that have ever lived did he die of anything specific or was he just old i didn't see um from what i understand he was just old i think it was a heart thing yeah okay well at least it was nothing yeah terrible he led a full life and it's not like oh he was tragically taken from us it was just it's more about celebrating his life and his body of work, which yeah. he left behind an incredibly impressive one. Indeed. So, um, we talked about GameStop last week, right? Did we? I think maybe. Yeah, we talked about their new, uh, you know, land party shit and all that stuff. Right. It was either last week or the week prior, and you know, this that that is a good segue into what happened this week. So. Andy, uh, I'll I'll start it off, but you'll uh, I don't know if you read into it, but Reggie apparently is going to be on the board of GameStop. Uh... He announced it with a tweet. He says um, the gaming industry needs a healthy, I think is the word he used, or vibrant something GameStop. And um, when he puts it that way, I get what he's saying. It does help the game industry to have a brick and mortar standby that isn't Walmart, Target, Best Buy, you know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um. He's just on the board, but he he he's famous for like turning brands around. Like he worked with uh he worked with a soda company. I can't remember which one, Pepsi, I want to say, and MTV, and of course Nintendo, and like shepherded them through s- some lulls back to um greatness, I guess, for lack of a better term. Especially with, I mean, he's famously from Nintendo, and that's probably why he has these connections. But he's just on the board he's not chief operating officer he's not chief executive officer he's just on the board just on the board i mean he's on the board they hired though him and the ceo or ex-ceo of PetSmart, which i guess is a successful business i don't know and some other guy that i didn't the article i read didn't go into any length about who he was but um it's no secret that gamestop's a sinking ship and hopefully these guys can bilge out some of the water, I guess. Um, I, I haven't made it a secret that I don't have a lot of love for GameStop, but I get why GameStop's a potentially good thing. It's just the people who run it are all fucking idiots, mm-hmm. and I want it to be run by people who know what they're doing again. Hopefully Reggie and whatever uh, people that are in a board boards of director, um, they fix it up. Maybe they clean house a little bit and you know get a good relationship with consumers and not try to make consumers look like idiots when they're coming in the store i just wonder what's going to happen with gamestop's overall plans that are in place because they already have experimental and pilot stores for this dumb land thing and they have a few other things going on they've been experimenting because um they own is it think geek is that right yeah yeah they own think geek and they've been experimenting with stores that are way more on the like hot topic box lunch into the spectrum and then just also having games. And I kind of thought that's the way the wind was blowing. Like this land thing, I didn't think was going to work out. I thought they would end up being like a kitschy bullshit, Rick and Morty, uh, uh, retro PlayStation t-shirt, uh, <laughs> pop, pop minis. Pop, I mean, pop minis make a ton of money. Uh, action figure t-shirt bullshit place how about this and then also the latest release games like they would only have um uncharted 5 mario maker 3 you know shit like that how about this 
you take things like Think Geek and your little fucking land parties and shit, and you make them individual stores for that specific reason. Because everywhere you go, I mean, I know they're closing. I, mean, I know now you're talking about opening up more stores, though. They just can't do that right no, now. No, I'm not. No, they're I'm closing not. stores. That's what I, I was about to say. That they're closing mm. stores. But it, remember how, like, GameStop, if you, you know, walk down the street, you'll see, like, fucking three of them. Do they really need three GameStops that are the exact same thing? That's a holdover from when they bought all the EBs and also Babbage's and software, etc. But mostly electronics boutiques. And when they closed a lot of these stores, like, people were whining about it. And I realized there are parts of the country where people got fucked. But that was a big part of why. They didn't want to have two GameStops in the same mall anymore. Like, dumb shit like that. I think I think having a store where you you know could throw birthday parties with a land event and then having like a a GameStop Think Geek area where you can get your stupid fucking merch of yeah. and all that shit and then having a GameStop where you go in and you buy games because when I walk into a GameStop now it, it feels like a uh, cluttered fucking store where it just shits in your face and. Yeah, I get that too. And you're like, "Where's the games? You got to go past the fucking pop vinyls and the figures and the where? Where do you buy your games? Uh, Amazon. Well, why do you want a GameStop that sells games then? Because then that would make me want to go. I don't know. I like what it though. No, I like the idea of going to a GameStop and having a discussion and buying a video game. That's what I miss. Uh, a lot of GameStops, they stop doing that. I mean, there's some stores that still do that, and that's why they're still in business, because they still have their reoccurring customers. But you have a lot of GameStops that are just like, you have to push pre-orders on H- Hannah Montana, you know, masturbation video game. And um, I think that's, I think they need to get rid of that, and they need to be friendly with the consumer and be like, hey, I see you have Battlefield, you know, you know, be, you know Battlefield 7's coming out. Do you want to put some money on that? Okay. You don't want to? Cool. Whatever. That was a dated reference. That's Hannah true. Montana's been over for over 10 years. That's the last time I worked there, so fuck you. <laughs> Zach, you've been conspicuously silent. What do you think about GameStop doing future business? I know we already talked about it. We're retreading our old ground a little bit, but now it's tinged with optimism, and that's, that's what I'm interested in. Yeah, uh, I... Um... I think it would kind of suck if it totally went under. Yeah. Uh, I would want more of an excuse to go to a GameStop, but it's just I hate how they make all the employees do shit or they just hire assholes. Where do you buy your games? Uh, It's pretty much Amazon or anywhere else I can just happen to be, but sometimes I do pop into a GameStop and buy something there just because I happen to be there. I use GameStop to buy used games they still have wii games at some game at some stores and i'm trying to complete what i care about on the wii u stuff like that but i'm with you guys i buy all my new stuff on amazon so it's like i don't want gamestop to go away but how am i helping to do anything about it at the, uh, by the same token though um what is gamestop doing to do about it because i like i said i used to go there and buy used stuff like when they were getting rid of ps2 stuff i scored a bunch of really cool stuff and i'm still going in there looking at wii games and ps3 xbox 360 but now uh they were like do you want to renew your what's it called now not edge card um whatever power 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 up up guard 
uh, I was like, eh, I'll do it next time I'm buying a used game. And the guy was like, oh, it doesn't get you 10% off used games anymore. And I was like, well, then fuck that. Yeah. Why would I want it? That's. <clears throat> it does this thing where you build points and then it gives you like a $5 off coupon or some shit. Fuck you. That's like saying instead of saving the 10%, you just have to buy another game now. That's that's stupid. Like if the money's still going to them, that's not what I wanted. I wanted to spend less money, you assholes. That's kind of what I wanted to say is like they need to give me a reason to really go back there. For sure. That's that's kind of like the this land thing is not the reason. Uh the Think Geek store is not the reason for me. They're... For me personally. There, I, I, I remember them experimenting with the idea of taking the used games and turning it into a rental if you have a power-up card. Because people were still doing that anyway. Where they, would... Yeah, I mean, technically speaking, a lot of people were just returning it after seven days anyway, because you could do that. So I think, th- I remember a story of them experimenting with that, but then, then you have people that are just never going to give the game back. And I think that was the problem. Uh, you know, you know how people are with Blockbuster and library books, they just disappear. Sure. Um, I don't know. I, something big would have to happen. And I believe Reggie, uh, is a good person to be on the board, but I don't think he's going to be making all the decisions. If he was a president of a GameStop, then I, I'd be like, Hey, maybe there's a chance, but you know, there's other people that could fuck around and be like, "Well, maybe we should put more T-shirts in there." I would love to have been a fly on the wall when he was getting negotiated with and hired, because, I mean, he can't need work, right? I mean, he retired from Nintendo after the Switch came out. Like, I'm sure he was doing fine. And it seems like when you retire from a company at the height of one of its success periods you must be fine i assume so they were probably like look we'll pay you a fuck ton of money and you have to do like almost no work or something mm. like it, it almost i know it's not but it almost feels like a publicity thing in a way i want i wonder since you know he was you know worked with nintendo that maybe nintendo has an end for gamestop and and selling you know product I'm sure it was it was uh, the genesis of this was someone he had met from his time at um, uh, Nintendo, no doubt. But I, I, you know, I would like to see um, this is again, this is like extremely wishful thinking and it falls back on the same old bullshit I've said in the past. But it would be fun if they were like uh, Mother 3 is coming out as a GameStop exclusive or like some dumb <laughs> shit like that. Just just to you know, close the chapter on that dumb stuff. Um, someone asked him in an interview not long ago, what's your biggest regret after leaving Nintendo? And he said, not announcing Mother 3. <laughs> Which is like partially serious, but also partially kind of a troll thing to say. Yeah. Alright, well, I guess we'll move on to a quick note before we get into Zach's news. Uh, Call of Duty, or Activision was like, hey, you like Battle Royale? You like Call of Duty Modern Warfare? Well, guess what? Warzone's coming out for free. And apparently there's like 150 players on one map. Oh, it's free? Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, so they they surprised us. Apparently I've been watching people's tweets and people's streams, and apparently everybody's liking it so far. I mean, Oh, get, it's out? Get, I'm so... Like, I saw ads for it, and I was like, oh, Call of Duty, whatever, who cares? And I just didn't pay attention. Mm-hmm. 
That's usually what happens with Call of Duty. People go <laughs> fuck that shit, but it's free. You know what? Fortnite was free, so I guess they're trying to copy the, you know, the Fortnite wave and be like, hey, this it's, is free. It's a very un-Activision move to make. I guarantee there's a lot of microtransactions that might uh, show up and be like, oh yeah, I'm sure I'm gonna have to pay seven dollars to make my gun purple, but yeah. <laughs> But that, that that was my news. Not a lot of apparently there's rumors going around that E3 is getting canceled, and a lot of uh, game journalists are starting to cancel their their uh, planes, hotels, and and passes, and freaking out at the same time. So coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't noticed that that was about the coronavirus. Zach, I mean, I I get it. You're not supposed to go to places like that. Yeah. Nobody was going to E3 anyway. I don't know if anybody would catch anything. Good. I mean, no one no one should go. Fuck E3. Cancel it. Cancel it forever. I wonder if Microsoft's still doing their event. Who knows? Maybe they'll do like an Xbox uh, Direct or something. Um, Zach, what about you? What, what news do you have? I got a few things. I added one because uh, somehow I forgot to talk about this last week. Um... I found out Dan DiDio, who is publisher of DC Comics, got uh, fired uh, last week. And that's, he's like probably the highest guy up in DC Comics food chain. Now he's gone. Oh, really? Yeah. <clears throat> did, he get, uh, did he get canceled or something? No, they just fired him. And if I had to guess why, it's probably just because of how poorly things have been going um, you know, over the past few years. Well, the thing with DC is, like, the, the comics started going down after New 52, and then they tried to do the uh, their little network thing, and I guess that's not sticking well in the mass you know, audience. Well, I still think it's... Part of it is just because it's not on enough devices for some stupid reason. It's yeah. like I don't know why. Still to this day, it's not available on PS4. That's <laughs> that's fucking stupid. That is um, that is retarded. Like, there's good stuff on there. I have it. Like, it, there's some pretty good shows on there and everything. But like, they're they're cutting themselves off from potential buyers just from because of that. Among missing out on other devices. Mm -hmm. um, I think this has more to do with specifically the, the comic books. I, I don't think Dan DiDio has anything to do with the DC app or anything like that. Um, <sighs> the word going around is Jim Lee is, is another publisher of DC Comics. I don't know why. <laughs> He's known for his art. And nothing yeah. else. And he, he's a publisher. And from what I've heard, supposedly, he doesn't really do much anyway. It's like they just kind of gave him honorary publisher position. That's weird. I never knew that he was, like, a mover when it came to that kind of stuff. Yeah, nobody. Like, he's had that position for, like, a couple years now. And it's like, if you notice, he doesn't draw anything anymore. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you have, like, one of the best artists in your company not drawing in, like, a bullshit position. <laughs> like, I don't know. Suppos supposedly he's going to be taking his spot over and like i i don't think that bodes well unless he just surprises everybody but i don't know new 52 was successful when it came out it's just everything that happened after that it's like everything just rolled downhill for everybody that's been a while ago now though hasn't it 
Yep. That's the last time I read comics. <laughs> Any new comics? Yes, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, some interesting trailers dropped. Uh, the final Black Widow trailer came out, and it was it was a little better than the original one. Cool. And I'm just like, yeah, I'll see. I was gonna see it anyway. Did they? Yeah, I mean, um, that that movie interests me as well. Did they still have the same music where it's like, no, no. But the other, this one surprised me. There was a Candyman trailer. I found out they were making a new Candyman movie by Jordan Peele, right? No, he's just a producer. He's not directing it or anything. Okay. Uh, but it's not a remake or anything. There was rumors going around as a remake. No, it's like a sequel, a continuation, something. Um, and they got like some of the original, like you know, characters, people, their actors that were in the old movies in it and stuff, including the guy who was Candyman, obviously. Although they smartly do not show him in the trailer at all. Good. Good. <laughs> you don't get to see him. Um, but I watched the trailer and it was pretty cool. And I was like, yeah, I think I want to see this because I like the original Candyman. I haven't seen the other movies, mm. but the original is pretty good. I've seen, I've seen different scenes with Candyman. Uh, I don't know what the premise of Candyman is. Can you explain that to me? Uh, it has been a little while since I've seen it, so I'm gonna try my best. Uh, I think it was about like some somebody like on the. No, now I can't. Now that you put me on the spot, I can't <laughs> fucking remember. So hang on. Do, do you want me to tell? Uh, do you want me to tell you what I you know think that's probably not true? Why? Why is what not true? But not tr- I, me explaining what Candyman is, but it's not true. Like me just spitballing and thinking what he might be, but it's not. Okay. I just think he's a stranger that used to give candy and he's a killer. Am I close? Uh, something like that. Like basically, okay, I got it now. It, for some reason, I thought the main character in the movie was like police or something. And that, that's not true. Uh, there's an urban myth about Candyman. It's kind of like Bloody Mary or whatever. Oh, you say it in the mirror, right? Yeah, you say it in the mirror five oh. times. And then five? Appears... That's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. <clears throat> but he murders you with a hook, and there's, like, bees and shit. And he's, like, in a... Like, bees? Some kind of... There's bees, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the main character in that movie was, like, some kind of, like, researcher or something. Like, she's a student at a college, and she's researching urban legends, so she gets into the Candyman thing. Okay. Yeah. I I, I dig it. Bees. No, oh, no, not the bees. Um, what else do I got here? The, uh, oh, yeah, trailer dropped today for Command & Conquer Remastered. Well, at least it's not yeah. Blizzard, right? Yeah, it is I mean, EA though. <laughs> it is EA. There's probably gonna be dumb EA DRM or some bullshit on it, or you might only be able to play it on Origin. For all I know, no. I'm, I'm ex- I mean, limited run is given Steam keys. Oh, it's got Steam keys. Okay, great. Well, I'm shocked. Yeah, <laughs> it's not too. on Origin. They uh, they, there was a big hullabaloo a few months ago. EA was like, hey, "I'll put our games back on Steam." God damn it! No one's buying them on Origin. <laughs> yeah, they want to try to do that stupid digital platform bullshit too and it's like yeah no <laughs> yeah I, I i don't think anyone can out steam steam but i wish someone would out steam steam 
Uh, I will say I do uh, think Epic Games is okay. I remember I shitted on it a while ago because it was like a, a Chinese-made uh, platform and stuff. Tencent, but, right? Yeah, but they give some good free games every month, which is... And you don't. You mean it? You mean it was another company that was gargling Chinese semen? Is that what you were trying to say? Yes. There, I said it for you because you wouldn't. <laughs> but but uh, Epic Games is okay, but it's never going to pass Steam. And I I quickly want to throw this in here. I I want the um, the Valve Index VR headset to play the Half Life game because I've been watching videos and it looks fucking good. But, uh... Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, this looks like, I, I think this is probably going to turn out fine because it's just like a basic remaster. They're not doing anything drastic to the game. Mm-hmm. They're just updating all the the graphics, the assets, all that stuff. Um, it's the original Command and Conquer and Red Alert with all their expansions. And uh, the multiplayer is supposed to be like redone. Where it's, I guess it's easier to do and shit. Um, and there's gonna be like a bunch of extras. Like they even re uh, remastered the the original FMV cutscenes. They look a lot better, less grainy, way less grainy. Sweet. Which is great because I like I love those scenes. And it's like when you try to go back to them now, it's kind of hard to tell what's going on in some of them if it's not like a close up shot or something. Mm-hmm. Um. There's also going to be uh more music in the game for all, for each game. Like there's, there's going to be like unreleased tracks that didn't make it. that got cut and Frank Clapache and the Tiberian sons are going to have ad tracks that you can put into the mix for the games. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. It's cool. Like it's going to be 20 bucks just for the base version. I kind of think it's worth it just for all that extra shit. Um, but it's going to come out June 5th. Apparently. Sweet. Hopefully, if it's coming out on Steam, I'll probably uh, get it at some point. I probably will, too. I haven't played Command Conquer in a really long time now. When do you think this Resident Evil 3 Nemesis demo is coming out? Uh, I think it will be sometime between now and the end of next week. I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. Friday the 13th is when they're oh. going to release it. Oh, Friday the 13th. That would be perfect. Yeah. So How unlucky for you that this big fucker chases you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so mark my words, everybody. Friday the 13th, Resident Evil 3. Ne- uh, I almost said Nemesis. It's called Resident Evil 3 Remake. Um, Resident Evil 3 Remake Nemesis. Yep. <laughs> so keep an eye on that. Are you done with your news, Zach? I have no more news. All right. I think we're going to close out the show. It's been a little beefy today because we talked a lot about Purple Rain and a lot about Reggie. What a mix. My body's ready. Uh, if you want to catch more of uh, Big Trouble Little Podcast, make sure you go to novnetwork.podbean.com. We're also on um, iTunes and Spotify if you search Nerd Review Network. We also have a website called nerdreview.com. And if you want to watch some wrestling, we have Getting Some Color. And hopefully soon, back on the track on Resident Evil, because we always steer away. Uh, life gets in the way sometimes. Uh, if you, 
this week we're going to be doing and getting some color uh a little bit of the revolution our final thoughts and we're going to be talking about um elimination chamber i have a lot to say about that i'll, I'll save it for the show and uh i think that's it until next time everybody have a good night thanks for listening i will die for you daily but to die for you daily beloved bye <laughs>